Welcome to the Two Peas Podcast, where two very different people compare and contrast their top fives on a variety of topics. I'm Steph. And I'm Alex. When you said topics, you went, topics. <laughs> I lost the eye. You had no eye there. I lost the eye I don't eye know what's going bit. on there. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, our topic, topic today. Thank you. <laughs> is top five songs that defined us. A lot to uncover, a lot to unpack. I think you, you know, say that every time. <laughs> I might say it every time, but it's so true. Top five songs that defined us, not necessarily our favorites of all time, but just ones that were influential for us growing up at one point or another. Yes. And we're still growing up, so some could be recent. Hint, hint, we never know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Who is that suggested by? It was suggested by our good friend, Logan. So yes. thank you so much for this fantastic top five idea. We are really excited to do this. Yeah, this is a really, 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 really good one. So I'm super excited about it, too. Make sure to follow us at The Two Piece Pod. We'll get the housekeeping stuff out of the way. The Two Piece Pod, Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you'd like us to do a top five on, because guess what? You can just comment away right below one of our posts and uh, say, hey, I want you to do a top five favorite uh, toenail uh colors or, or polish yeah, toenail yeah. polish color is it called polish you're you're, you're spiraling toenail now. polish colors you know <laughs> it can be anything that's that, that's my point anyway okay okay well um you've got a story i do i do have a story and i know what the I story hope is you don't mind it because it is about you <laughs> yeah i already i already know what the story is um and hence my hesitation but so do you do you, so you know what I'm going to say already? You know the story. Yeah, we just talked about it. Well, do you remember? She kind of asked first. To well, bring it I up. sort of. I didn't give the whole thing away, but I kind of asked because I didn't want to upset him by talking about it. It's him. okay. They don't know it. So um, we were doing. It was actually after. This is a headphone story, so mm-hmm. that's how it's related to music. Right. But we were doing. We were recording. I think it was recording a podcast, and um, we sit like across the room from each other. So that because I talk so quiet, he talks so loud so that our mics don't pick up the other person Um, anyway. And he has these like really expensive headphones, these professional headphones. He you know, I don't know all the specs really about them. They're nothing crazy. They're just the Sony MDR 7506s. But they're they're a staple and they're they're not cheap either. Listen to all those letters and numbers in there. I remember those. You know, I don't ask me to do algebra, but I can tell you what a headphone is. Oh, so anyway, we finished up. We finished up recording, um, and I think I had to go get some water or something. And I didn't have anywhere to set my headphones, so I like gently set them on the floor. Okay, like away from where I was stepping. I don't think it was gentle. But it I, was gentle, but I don't think I it was aggressive either. It was gentle. It was not. It was. It was gentle because I know that. So you they're... cradled it as you laid it down. Yes. No. You just put it down. I'm already getting mad. (laughs) (laughs) I set his headphones down. I didn't drop them. I just set them down. Go on. Uh, Okay. And then he looks at me with this face that was like shocked. This is such a shock. Like she just dropped a baby or something. And I just looked at him and he was like, what did you say? You said you were like, I don't know. Don't. I think you said, I think you like jumped over and picked him up and you were like, they don't set these on the ground, and you. But you were so concerned. You said it with so much concern in your voice. Because I and I was like, they're they're fine. I just set them down. He's like, no, not on the floor, not on the floor. Because here's what I will say: you they, put them on the shelf or you hang them on the mic stand. Correct. You don't put them on the floor. That's true. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, because what I'll say is this: I wasn't looking when you did it. I heard it. No, you so, didn't. So clear. 
then why else would I have known? I didn't see you place them. Yes, you did. No, I was in that room. We're going to do this right now, Steph. You weren't in the room. You were I sitting was, in that chair right there. I was standing over there when we talked. I remember because I remember hearing it and I looked over and then I saw them on the ground. I remember because you were sitting over here. You were not over there. Well, this is after a jam and chat. This was not Oh, it during was a after the jam and chat. Well, you you might... think I don't remember this? <laughs> See if we get all emotional, everybody. Okay. Well, anyway. Agree was, to disagree. He was upset, but I did set them down gently because I was, I was respectful of his headphones, but he... He was scared for them because they're his babies. I think there's a little bit of truth in the things we're both saying. Probably. I think, I think, you know. I think we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Steph exaggerates, but it's I, I'm no I'm no stranger to exaggerating. You exaggerate so. too. I'm no stranger to it. You do it like a dad, though. You exa- you dad exaggerate. You dadgerate. Okay. I've never heard that word. Well, before. me neither. But you know how dads are always like, oh, I went fishing and I caught a fish that was oh yeah yeah 45 inches long. It's like, no, Dad, you caught a bluegill, okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? One of those things. Steph, I'm I, I'm sorry that I got upset about the headphones. No, it's okay. It's okay. I just thought, I think it's funny now. I think it's funny because well, we didn't even get upset then. We just, we kind of laughed yeah, it's just about fun. it. It's just but fun. You just love them so much. We're all about having fun here, and I think we're about to have some fun talking about the top songs that defined us. What a deep topic when you really think about it. I know. Like music but music can define you. Music's a universal language. Um, I always love talk when we talk about uh, music on the podcast. Me too. We have a few times. Um, in fact, just little behind the curtain, for some reason, and I no complaints here, our, our most listened to, our most popular episode is still our second episode, which is our top five favorite genres. For some reason, that one just struck people the right way. I so. think that one was a lot of fun to to make too. It was, and I think a lot of people want to know what is what is stephanie galella's favorite kind of music they just want to know oh yeah they really want everybody (laughs) is so interested in that now the world knows and if you haven't listened listen to that after this i think it's episode two but you can go back to the beginning look at the titles you'll know (laughs) but uh so let's talk really quick about so songs that define us define that like what are our (laughs) what are our grounds here so are we i i believe what we agreed on was kind of like because remember once again if you're new to the show we don't discuss our top fives with each other, we uncover them as we go together. So I did this mainly as a songs that may not be my favorites, like that I listen to every day now, but at one point or another, I can pinpoint that as like a pivotal song for me as I was kind of coming up. Uh-huh. Was that, was yeah. that a good way to say yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll be forthcoming and say a couple something here, which is some of them are like not too old, some of them are kind of more recent, but we're always growing. So I do look at it that way. Yeah. So these aren't just when I was like four, right? Some are a little bit later. And one disclaimer I do want to say, um, I, I feel like I feel like I should mention it because I brought them up before. Um, I think a lot of people know that the Beatles are my favorite group. They are not mentioned in this. What? They're not mentioned in this specifically because their entire discography <laughs> was defining, like defined who I am in a lot of ways. So I just kind of left them out. They're kind of their own their pool. own thing so, well you've mentioned them in all the other music episodes yeah. i mean they're so. just my, they're my biggest influence so but i did not put them in here um did, but do you have any like kind of grounds that you went off of that you'd like to say before we get into it um no not necessarily i just just uh like were these defined as like as i was growing up so i thought about as i was growing up what kind of music i listened to in different phases of my life and what those songs meant to me so that's really kind of what i went off of and i'm assuming you it's a very lyrical thing for you was it the words or was it kind of the music or both or does it depend on the song both i'd say 
I've discovered after compiling the list, which by the way, for me, I don't know about you, for you, but for me, it was very tough. I actually had a lot of songs. I went, oh yeah, that song. Oh yeah, that song. I had a lot that I thought of, but then it was really easy to narrow it down to the top five. Okay. Okay. That's fair. It was um, harder to number them, like order them into the five, but it was easy to pick. I've got like, like nine honorable mentions at the oh, end. Oh, wow. it, It's tough. But yeah, I, I got my I got my top five, and I think I'm first, so I guess we kind of have an idea for what songs that define us means. Yeah, so go ahead. Tell us your top five. Or your, your I will go to my number five. Top number five. My top number five, whatever that means. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but everybody, please, I encourage you, share yours too as well, at The Two Piece Pod. Let us know. Um, okay, so my number five. By the way, none of these you're going to know. I, only, I think you're going to know maybe two of these. Okay. We'll see. All right. My number five. So in other words, good luck guessing your number one. Well, technically, all of these songs have made it, besides one, have made it on one hint onto that playlist that we did when oh we first Oh my gosh, met. well then I might know. No, you won't. Okay. This first song is called Amor Fati, I think is how you say it. Amor F- M-A-O-R space F-A-T-I hmm. by a band called Washed Out. Hmm. I recommend people listen to these as, as we go along. Just have your phone ready to go to YouTube and hit play really quick or something. Um, we have a little bit of information, but this is mainly this week about just our experiences with the songs. So um, Amor, Amor Fati by Washed Out is a very chill kind of song. I don't have an exact genre. It's just a very kind of indie summer vibes. Just you, you, you got to kind of hear the song to really understand um what's going on with it but it's just and i i can't even really understand the words um it's from the, it's from the album called within and without it came out in 2011 okay and it only sold about ninety thousand copies where in the u.s or like i think i'm in the u.s in the u.s okay but the rest of the, the rest the rest of the ones i have are actually global but this particular one i just i'm pretty sure they're an american group i'm assuming i know the song title is not is not english but um, but anyway, you can't understand what they're saying either. Are they speaking a different language? No, there's no, no, because I've actually covered this song. It, they're just very backed up in the mix. Oh, okay, but okay. The reason why the song this is actually by far the most current song that has defined me. Really? Yeah, and it's really just on a musical standpoint. Hmm. Um, very influential to me at that particular time. I, uh, I I discovered the song and really got into it about a year and a half before I I, I moved. From, moved away from home and so I just, that that would be for what like f- five years ago it, it was in it was in 28 2017 around there yeah i i got in i got into this whole this group and this sound that's when i got into taiko and all that stuff yeah. which you liked yeah similar, you shared that with me similar song to taiko this song's on that playlist too and um i don't know like it's just for this one it, some music moves me in a way like i don't need the words to say anything sometimes sometimes just the music itself maybe it's because i have such a musical background and a musical knowledge that it affects me differently i really don't know um but like i can listen to music and i and i know what chords are being played and everything like that and i just i get so emotional and wrapped up in music in fact a lot of the the things on my list here are more about the music than the words which surprises me but Hmm. that's just how my list ended up so this one just put me in such a place, such a warm, feel-good place, very summer. Um, and then when I did learn the words, which I don't have, I should have probably pulled those words up. 
Um, actually, you know, I'm going to do it really quick because I won't take long. Um, let's do it. Amor Fati lyrics. We'll do that really quick. When I did learn the words after I fell in love with the sound of the song, um, here are the words. I'll just read some of them. Don't try to fight what's not your fault. Let go, reach out. The choice is yours to find. Inside you've got the light to guide. Your fate decides the road you're going to find. It's just very, and then it goes, relax, slow down, let hope decide. It's very, very simple, but it's very just kind of like, relax. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. I like that. And once again, I encourage everyone to listen to that song, but I say that it defined me because it really kind of helped me. It helped me. It was one of those songs that helped me when I was getting ready to move and make some big changes, and just the sound of it itself really just calmed me. So anyway, that, I definitely wanted to put that as my number five. I think it's a solid spot for it. Huh. Do you still listen to it, like, pretty actively now? That was one criteria I had. It was, I, I had some songs on this list that were like, these songs were huge to me when I was, like, 12 or 13 or whatever. Yeah. But now I listen back, and it's like, eh. Any song on my list still can define me today. Huh. I do want to say, I didn't, I didn't even mention that. I, but, so, yes. I, yeah, you know, I, I agree, because I think my list would be the same. I I'm think. glad to hear that. I'm glad that we're all on that same Cause page. Because I, I listened to several. That's how it was so easy for me to narrow it down, because I listened to several, and I was like, eh. Right. And then other ones, yeah. I were like, oh, yeah, yep. I love this song. Like, and even if you haven't heard it in 10 years. You feel the same right. thing. Yeah, I agree. So, anyway, that's mine. I like it. Thank I'll you. have to look at. I'll have to listen again on the the playlist. I know that I heard it, but yeah. I mean, you had a lot of songs on the playlist. So. And they all were very different, and it yeah, was, it was a weird eclectic mix. I know. Yeah, but it did. It did. That one did not make it because a lot of the ones on your playlist I added to like on Spotify, my like my library or whatever it's called. Yeah, liked songs, and that one I know did not make it. Okay, but it doesn't mean that it wouldn't now. Because I mean, I listened to those what like three years ago. Right. So. Yeah, it's been anyway. a while. Anyway, okay. Well, my number five is Bubbly. <laughs> it's been awake for mm-hmm. a while now. By uh, Colby Calais, and it was on her album, Coco. Uh, that can, w- uh-huh. can I guess the year? Yeah. 2006. Oh, you're really close. 2007? Yes. I'm always the year guy. I got to get it. Ugh. It's May 5th. It was released on May 15th, 2007. 2007. I was so close. All right, go on. Um, I, All of my stats are worldwide. So, okay. um, and you'll be pleased to know that I got all of the information from Wikipedia. Great. That's great. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I think that's great. Good since source. We, since we discussed since that. We had, yes. Little throwback. A couple podcasts ago. <laughs> yep. Um, I thought you that would make you happy. Yep. Thank you. Um, it sold the album Coco sold three million copies worldwide. Okay, um, and this is on my list because I listened to the song a lot in early, like early high school. I think I was like maybe ninth or tenth grade, and it was this is this is odd because it was like a calming song to me, which is similar to what you just said about your song. Yeah. Um, but I really liked it. I thought she like when you watch the music video, like she was beautiful and the music was so calming and it was just like a peaceful song. And at that time, like, I don't know, you know, early high school years and all that kind of stuff. It's just it's always nice to have like something that kind of calms you. Yeah. Um, but I really loved it and I love singing along with it. And every time I would hear it, I, I don't know how to exactly explain why I identified with it, but I like I, I just I did. And it felt like I loved singing along with it. And it it just, it kind of like, 
I hate to say the word calm again, but it calmed me. Like it was just a very peaceful song. So it it really does just invoke that. Yeah, it does. And I really like the lyrics too, because it's it's very sweet. It's a very sweet Everything about it sounds like sincere song. Mm -hmm. So Well, and I I think if there's gonna be a song that kind of defines defines you, right? I what better kind of song than one that puts you in that sort of Yeah state of mind you know yeah so that Truly. was yeah and i still love that song now when it comes on i'll listen to it and i love at the beginning which is will you count me in i love I, it i know i love that too i, love I don't it. even know what that means but i love it well she's because somebody else was playing the music so she was asking them oh my gosh are you serious yeah will you count me in like one two three four and then i had no idea the whole time i thought it was like a bunch of kids are playing hopscotch like will you count me in what? Like, will you let me in on this conversation or will you let me in on this event? <laughs> Why in the world would you ever think that? I mean, I, I wasn't actually thinking hopscotch, obviously, but like when she was saying, will you count me in? I thought she meant like, what? will you count me in? Not like count me in for three, two, one. Seriously, Why? I never knew. And Why would you musician. ever approach it that way? Why are you, where are you, I sound really Southern. Where, where, well, where in your mind did, did that come from that it was... Not that she's singing a song and that she's asking somebody to count her You know in. why? Because I was in the context of the song already. I wasn't before going... Before it even started? It was already started. The, the chords played before she said, well, you count me in. Oh, yeah. But like, so it's like... Duh, duh. And then I thought... And I thought it was still sweet. Like, like, will you let me in on this? Like, I, I truly thought it meant that. And I thought... I never thought it made quite sense with the rest of the words, but I thought maybe she's just... Do you get it now? I got it immediately as soon as you said <laughs> You got it, it now? <laughs> I never would have thought it just because that's kind of a fourth wall break right there. Okay. How did you not get it when we were recording a podcast a little while ago? And I think it was the website one because I introduced first and I said into the mic and I unintentionally and I said, will you count me in? Well, and honey, then you started singing it. Did you not? Did you not connect the dots at no. that moment? Well, you know what I did? I, I can't remember. I remember doing that, but I guarantee what I thought was, oh, she's doing a play on words with that. Will you count me in? No, it was exactly yep. the same I'm just saying. Thing. I'm just saying. I know that's crazy. Someone else out there has to. It can't be just me. Please, no, somebody. No. It, well, please let us know if if it is somebody else that thinks that because I highly doubt it. You can't tell me that like that's completely Prove outlandish me wrong. though. Prove. It's not outlandish of me to think that. Come on, give me that. It's out there. It's out there for me. I totally disagree that it's outlandish. In this obvious scenario of playing. Music. She's not even counted in though. Yeah, because they don't have a mic. It's on their instruments playing, but they're not singing. They don't have a mic. They're going to count with their hands or whatever. Or somebody else in the room. It's, 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 it makes All total right. sense. We're anyway, moving on. let us know because I, really, really, let, let little Alex know that somebody else agrees with him and that had thought about it yeah. the same way. Okay. My number four. <laughs> or are you done? Do you have anything else to say about it? No, I'm done. Okay. My number four is probably one that, I don't even know. I'm just going to say it, and you're not not—you're not going to know it. I mean, you've heard it technically before, but my number four is a song called Grounds for Divorce. Yeah, By I know. Elbow. Yeah. Okay. W- yeah? Why would you think that I just I figured didn't... you wouldn't remember it by the title, and you'd probably just remember it by the music, I guess. No, I remember. Okay, well, I, I apologize. So Grounds for Divorce is a, by a band called Elbow. Elbow is one of my favorite groups. Um, they're much more popular in England than they are in, in America, but they do play in America too. This is from the album called The Seldom Seen Kid. 
came out in 2008, which I is... I remember that album name, too. They have good names. Yeah. He's a great writer. Amazing. Guy Garvey is one of the best writers of our lifetime. Songwriters. He's amazing. Um, anyway, so yeah, the Selim Scene Kid, 2008. I probably discovered that song around that time, 2008, 2009. So, and then the record, uh, Seldom Seen Kid... Worldwide, almost sold a million. It was 860,000. A lot of my stuff on here isn't super popular. So I'm getting all, I'm getting emotional. So, yeah, Grounds for Divorce. That song defined me in a very musical way because I heard nothing like that song before. It was so interesting to me. It's unique. It's very unique. Um, it's not the first time somebody ever did this. But it was at least the first time I heard it successfully where somebody took an acoustic guitar and they distorted it and made it sound like an electric guitar. But it was an acoustic. Yeah. Um, and it sounded, it was like kind of, not chanty, but like it sounded like it took place in a bar, which by the way, the music video does and they get in a bar fight and all this whole thing. But like it sounds just very, I don't even know how to describe it. But the oh. Like sea chanty, not type. Sea, kind, kind, barely. It's just more like I don't know, just a bunch of guys just out there singing and fighting in a bar. I guess I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it has that feel to it—a very, very industrial almost sounding. But then, so in other words, look it up and listen to it. Look it up and listen <laughs> to it. It's it's bizarre. But but then you go to, but what hooked me? This is my first exposure to Elbow. What hooked me was. In fact, this last band washed out. My first exposure to them was this song. I just realized all of these songs are pretty much my first exposure to these artists, which is really interesting. Not mm. my favorite songs necessarily, but they're the, the most defining. Well, that's what hooked you to the artist, so you identified with the song, yeah. right? So, so that uh, makes sense. So anyway, Grounds for Divorce, it has that 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 very kind of this like hard rocking, I've been working all day, I want to go have a drink kind of sound. But then when it switches to the B section of the song, it gets very mystical and very atmospheric um there's like synths going on and it just very all of a sudden it completely changes and then it goes back into the hard drive and rock again and i just loved that sound it was very different i haven't heard anything like it before and then i discovered their amazing catalog of work it's it's incredible but it defined me because i remember at the time when i listened to that song i no one else was listening to it but I felt so dang cool because I knew I found something that no one else was listening that to. That sounds exactly like you. Yeah, it is me. I, I just, I, I felt so cool listening to a song. Not only that nobody knew, but that, like, it actually, like, it, it had such a cool sound. And anytime I introduced a friend to it or a loved one to it, it was always like, "This is really cool." It's like, "Yeah, I know it is." Listen to this thing. You're very proud of it. Very, I'm very proud of, yeah, I wish I would have wrote of written your, that song. Of your find. Anyway, that's that's it. Did you see how many albums it sold? Yeah, 860,000. Only, only 860,000? I told you that they're not super popular. They're more popular in Yeah, in, but in I would have thought at least a million. A million? Think about how many a million is, Steph. That's a lot. Think about how many people are in the world. Think about how big Kobe Calais was for a while. She she sold three million. I don't know what point I was trying to make there. I <laughs> don't know either. I, don't I mean, follow. like, but bigger artists sell way like way more than that. Like, it, it's tough. Okay. And, and 
How many people do you know that listens to Elbow? Right? You. Nobody besides me. <laughs> so True. Okay. All right. Fine. Fine. Point. Point made. Point made. Okay. My number four is Good Feeling by Flo Rida. I don't even know if I know this song. You have to know this song. I don't know. I mean, I know Flo Rida, but. It was on his album, Wild Ones, um, and that was okay. released August 29th. Do you want to guess the year? Is there any other popular songs from that album? Then I'll tell you. Uh, Wild Ones. That was a, a one of the singles from his song, or one of the, whatever, the him and Sia. Sia, S-I-A, sang it Sia. together. So Sia got really popular. Okay, I'm going to guess this was 2011. Yep. <laughs> I'm the year guy. What can yep. I say? To that, well, you're 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 fifty percent. You got the last one wrong. But I'm the year guy, Steph. Please uh, give me okay. that. Okay. All right. All right. Tell Just... me I'm the year guy, please. Oh my god. Please tell me I'm the year guy. <laughs> you're the year guy. Thank you. <laughs> all right. It sold six million copies worldwide. And I'll tell you why this is on my list, and it okay. is number four. Um, I listened to the song. Honestly, probably several hundred times. And it was when I was in high school because it was a song that we did a Winter Guard show for or with. So it was our song we did Winter Guard with. So we practiced all the time and then did performances. So like I'd hear the song tons of time, every time, tons of times, tons of times, every time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But this was influential to me and it de- de- defined me in in like uh i guess I, I i did color guard what year was this that we did this song i think it was my senior year so it's probably 2012 2013 time frame um and it was it was great so we had the winter guard show i mean and i loved i was very passionate about color guard and winter guard and all of that but i remember this like i remember our outfits i remember some of pieces of the routine um i remember like all of the seniors that year had little like solos in the beginning um and i remember that and we had this really cool rifle part and we 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 it was just really cool i don't know anyway i think it's on youtube Oh, we gotta um, find that. We gotta put the link somewhere. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was a lot of fun, and I I, I liked it. And I, I mean, I liked the song a lot. And it was one of those songs you know when you listen to a song over and over and over, like it gets old. This one never got old to me. Like I just really enjoyed it. I gotta hear it. I don't even. Know, I don't think I know the song. You do because I've shown you the video. I think on YouTube. Well, I probably was watching the video of you and not really paying attention to the song. If I were to guess. Huh. I think it was on my playlist, though, that you were supposed okay. to have listened to. You know I listened to it. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I did at one point, I guess. Yeah, you probably don't remember it, but that's fine. Um, yeah. Anyway, but that's why it was It was just, it defined me because Color Guard, like, in my mind, I picture that as, like, a specific section of my life. And that yeah. that defined me, like, during that section because it was so integrated into my every day for such a long time in a lot of in a lot of ways it's still a part of your life because i remember when i first met you um we that wasn't that was brought up pretty early on a conversation i didn't learn about color guard months and months and months later i mean you you talked about it fondly even early on like, yeah i still miss it i really i really enjoyed it and sometimes you're good at it 
Well, thank you. Sometimes, you know, when I have a broom in my hand, it's like I have this urge to just, just flip like it. flip it around and swing it and throw it and everything else, but I don't do it. Do you still have the gun thing? The rifle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. I have that and the saber and I still have like two flags. You should still practice every once in a while just for fun. Yeah. We did. I tried to teach was you. Was that the last time flag. you did? Yeah. She showed me. I have a video of her. She was so cute in that little thing. I have thing. a video of you. Too trying to do it. Oh God, I don't <laughs> want to watch that now. That was back when I did. Maybe the... that's what we should post. That would be funny. That's when I had my Jimmy Neutron hair still. Yeah, yeah. I still did the Jimmy Neutron hair. That was hair. before. That was before COVID, wasn't that was, it? I think yeah, that was before COVID. So yeah. that was really early in our relationship. It was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's weird to think about. Little tangent, but or side note, but we've been together more through COVID than without. I know. I thought about that the other day because. Not That's much so of our relationship is defined before COVID. Right. Like, not much of it. It hasn't affected our relationship, but it is, it is an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, it definitely is. So, um, well, okay. I have to listen to the song. I'm just not sure. But I, I, I mean, I respect that. Actually, I really do, especially with the color guard stuff. And I do like a few, fl- few Flo Rida songs, but I don't know that one. Hmm. Well, you will soon. Well, my number three is one that I'm not <laughs> sure. Right. My number three is one that you may or may not know offhand. Okay. Um, I've played it for a handful of times, so I'm just not sure. I, I tend to go, to, I, these were just picked truly from my heart. I don't mean to make these a little more obscure for the average listener, but they some of these just happen to be. Uh, my number three is from another one of my favorite groups that starts with E, which is called Eels. Uh-huh. Another introductory song. Not the first I ever heard, but the first time when I sat down and go, I want to try and listen to this band. And this is the first song that came up. And the song is called Novocaine for the Soul. Yes, of course I know okay. this song. All right. Okay. Of course I know this song. What's well, a great song. It's on uh, Eel's uh, debut album called Beautiful Freak. Came out in 1996. And over, at least as of, I don't know what year, but as of recent years, worldwide, 700,000 have been sold. Um, That's a lot, but still not as much as I would think. But it's, how many people do you know listen to Eel's? Same thing. Crickets. You, you know people that listen to Colby Calais. You know people that listen to Flo Rida, right? You could say, like, oh, I know Flo Rida. I guess, but, like, he seemed so big. Because he, he's, honestly, here's why. Because he's so big to me. I love, I love E. Yeah, but his his autobiography, too, though. Like, he seemed, like, in when he was writing about his concerts and things and yeah. his performances, like, it seemed like he was huge. Well, he, I mean, he's, I mean, he's a successful, I mean, he makes his living making music, right? But I mean, like he, and he's, but yeah, I guess I, I just. I know he's, he was big, right? I know that. But like, but like, it seemed like he was very. He deserves to be bigger. He, I will he, say that. You know what? He does. I agree. He, he does. He's still making music now. So I, I always, I always support and listen to his stuff. Um, that being said, cause we actually, we did talk about his book on our book episode too. Yeah, we did. Um, it was it on your, it was on your list. It was on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Great book. Highly recommend it. If you missed that one, listen to it, that episode. Great. Ep- I love that episode. And uh, he has a book called Things the Grandchildren Should Know. Really good book. Anyway, side note. So Novocaine for the Soul. I remember I was going through this phase. This was probably in mid to late high school years. Okay. Probably more like mid years. I would say like maybe sophomore year. Okay. Junior year-esque. I, that's when I really just dived into all different kinds of music for like really for the first time. Prior to that, 
I liked what I liked and I stuck with it. And then by the time I got like 15, 16, I really wanted to dive in. So at the time, I just used Pandora. That's what I used. This is this was before Spotify. This is this is before these apps, right? These things didn't exist yet. Yeah, okay? we had LimeWire and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, and this was I remember LimeWire. This was a little bit after that, but uh, I just used Pandora, and you can only get so many skips. But I just started listening to artists, and I eventually discovered the song um, "My Beloved Monster" in me which everybody knows. That's yeah. the one that's from Shrek. My beloved monster and me, which is in the first episode of Shrek, or first mo- movie of Shrek. Um, and then I thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. So then I went to Eels Radio on Sp- on, a, on a Pandora. And then I'm assuming it was the first one that popped up because this is how my memory goes. I listened to Novocaine for the Soul. And then this song, once again, blew my mind. And this time it wasn't just the music. I'm thinking... It was also kind of the words, too, because the words seemed, even in this song, and he gets so much more raw, but the words were so raw, and I felt like when I was listening to it, he was just talking to me. Like, oh, you know. Oh, that's nice. I mean, that's, that, that's well, good, you know? Uh, well, yes, but the words aren't great. I mean, like, like, the words are, you know, give me something before I sputter out. Like, it's not like, it's not like a positive message. Well, no, but I'm just saying, like, that's what they want, I think, is the artist, right? So yes. That, that's absolutely. All, yeah. And I remember that, I've never listened to an artist who is so raw with their words ever. And I listened to a lot of artists in my time, let me tell you. A lot in of artists. a long time. Um, I've been around this earth for a long time. But, yeah, once again, I wish I had more of a thing to tie it to, but I just remember, I remember where I was. I was sitting in school. I was in a... I was in my multimedia multimedia journalism class working on something, probably a video, and I was playing Pandora, and that's when I first discovered it, that song, and it just really spoke to me, and then I think that one defined me because he was one of the first guys to really get me to start thinking about writing music. Now, I'm thinking about this in real time, by the way. I didn't put in, take any notes down for this. But he showed me a new approach to writing music that I never thought about before, which was just very literal, from your gut, don't think, just say, put it out there. And I've always thought about songwriting in a different way, in a very crafted, very, right? And there's just different approaches. And I just felt like his songwriting style kind of spoke to me because it was so blunt. It didn't try to hide things. It just told it to you like it is. And I think that's a big reason why this song is my number three and it defined me so much. I don't really write that way, but it opened my eyes to writing in a new way that I never I never saw before. And it's very important to me. And now all of Eels' music is very important to me. Well, that's good. So That's good. So for some reason, these first few, not these next two, but these first few for me were very just like the music just moved me in such a way. Yeah. But anyway. Eels, Eels is really good. I like I lo- I mean I played you some stuff. I yeah. listened to some of his stuff and it's all I've liked it all of that you've mm-hmm. showed me. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. From the heart. Yeah. And his autobiography, I know we already talked about it, but it is really good too. I really cuz I know you let me borrow that book uh, early on and I mean it was it was a, I usually don't read autobiographies um very often, but I really did enjoy it. His story, man. Yeah, I really did enjoy it. His story. All right, my number three is also an introductory song to a particular artist. Okay. It is Harder to Breathe 
Great song. Maroon 5. It was on their album, Songs About Jane. Can I say it? Yeah. 2002. Yes. Yep. Do you know what month? Date guy. Well, I'm year guy. I don't know. I don't know months. I know years. I'm gonna guess it's probably. I'm gonna say summer. Oh my gosh, July. Yeah, I figured it was summer. <laughs> oh, yeah. I figured. I figured it was summer. She is so mad that I'm like. <laughs> I was. I was close with that. I could tell she's jealous and mad about uh, it. Maybe I'm not just, jealous, but mad. Well, maybe a little jealous. I'm more jealous than mad. Okay, fair. All right. Um. So also, as of now, I couldn't find. Um. On your precious Wikipedia, I couldn't find any data about how many copies have been sold really worldwide past 2007. So from yeah. it, from its release Makes in 2002 sense. to 2007, they sold over 10 million copies of the album. Wow, worldwide. That makes sense because 2007 is when they stopped pressing it. That album. Yeah, but they also released uh, 2012. They released like a yeah, it's different though an anniversary album. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that impacted anything. But anyway, I listened to this. I guess I would think it was around 2000. Uh, Had to have been later than. Two, I think it was around 2002, 2003 time frame. So you were really young then. Yeah. Like you, are you sure? I got, I, I discovered that album like quite a few years later. It, it was probably a range from 2003 to 2005, somewhere in there. So you were like nine? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so here's my story behind it is that my mom loved Maroon 5, or she still loves them, but... But she loved them. And when I would wake up in the morning, I, I've never been a morning person. And I definitely was not when I was young either. And so she would get me out of bed to go to school. And she would put on, we had this little like this, you know, this alarm clock. And you had the CD player on the top of it. And you just press it and mm-hmm. it would like open. And she'd put songs about Jane in there. And every morning she'd, she'd be up already, right? But she would set the alarm for me, just for me, so that it would play that song and I would wake up. And the reason I would wake up is because I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. That's a good twist. I like that. I hated that song. Hated it. And I got so mad at her every time she'd play it because I'd be like, turn it off. Like, I don't like this song. Turn it off. And I would get up because I would be frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... Jokes on mom, because I ended up loving it. Right. Now they're <laughs> one of your favorite groups. That's hilarious. So um, so the more I listened to it, though, I think it was just because it was waking me up. And it wasn't that I actually didn't like the song. I yeah. think it was just I didn't want to hear it first thing in the you morning. You associated it with waking up. Yeah, probably. I think I just didn't like it. And so I think I remember specifically, I have this memory of being in the back seat. I knew I was on the left side of the car in the back seat, and it was on and at first it came on and I was frustrated because I was like I don't like the song but then I I like listened to it and I listened to the beat and and, I mean Mm. of course I was young I didn't know I mean I couldn't really make sense much of the lyrics like I didn't think deeply about it or anything right but like I was like oh this is kind of good yeah it's got a great groove to it and then I started asking her to like play it in the car yeah so then I started liking it so 
Good. That's that's a cute story. That's cute. Yeah. So it was it was very um, it defined me at the at, at a young age, and that's also like it's defining to me because I love Maroon Five so much, and that was my first introduction to them. Yeah. So anyway, it was a song I woke up to many many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I know what to do when you're like, like if you're asleep, I'm gonna just like take your phone. I'm going to quickly download a Maroon 5 ringtone, put it as your uh, put it as your ringtone, and then have it wake you up. Why can't you just play it on Spotify? Because <laughs> I want it to be your alarm. It has to be your alarm. It has to be triggered that way. Oh. Hmm. So just don't leave your phone anywhere. <laughs> Good luck with don't, that. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Don't leave your phone anywhere. Um, I, I, I don't have much to say that you already said. I, I'm a big... Well, she knows my opinion on Maroon 5. I think their first three albums were incredible. I think they're one of the best bands of the 2000s. I really do. Um, especially the first album. And let's let's be specific. Harder to Breathe. That's what we're, we're not talking about the app bands. We're talking about the songs. Yeah. Harder to Breathe is a very solid song. Very and good. There's very few albums that I can think of that have such a strong opening track like that one. Yeah. It such is, a good first it song. It is. And I love it when he breathes. Like he can't breathe. Oh, it looks great. When he can't breathe. Yeah. Like he goes, he like, I don't want to do it in the mic because I think it'll sound gross oh, for me to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, just that little. Yeah, yeah. I love That's it because it's such a creative little like. Yeah, that we in the industry we call that ear candy. Well, it definitely was for me when I was yeah def- seven. I loved it. <laughs> um, even just the beginning. That snare, solid snare sound, great. Um, okay, so my number two is a little different than yours. Uh, surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> This is the only one that's not from a band or an artist, but it's still a song. Oh, uh, here we go. What? And technically, it is two songs. Uh-huh. My number two song that defined me, and you won't be surprised when I say it, is the Legend of Zelda theme yep. song slash the Great Fairy Fountain theme mm-hmm. song. I'm not surprised even a little bit. Um, And I'm proud of it. So... Really quick, the original Legend of Zelda game came out in 1986, which had that song in it. Which game? Which is Legend of Zelda? It's called The Legend of Zelda. Okay, but it, okay. it was that game. Correct. And then um, the Great Fairy Fountain song, which is the da 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 do da 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 do da 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 do da That song came out in 1991. The first game it was on was for Link to the Past, which is my favorite Zelda game. And then, uh, so... Really quick, just to get the stats out of the way, the original Zelda roughly sold 6.5 million units, and then the uh, Link to the Past sold 4.6 million units, which is a shame because it's way better than the original. In my opinion. Okay, wait. They're all great, though. They're all different. Okay, question. Yeah. With video games. That's a solid number. That's very solid. Especially. I have. That's not my question. Oh, okay. My question is. Uh. You know, like in movies, they you'd you'd have the movie, and then they would sell like the out like the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Did they do that for games? Um, they do it for some video games, but it's not necessarily common. Okay, but they didn't do it for Zelda. No, okay. they did not. They they do have a they do have some Zelda CDs, but this is not one of them. Okay, no. okay, I didn't know if they did it similar there, to movies. No, no, and. They well actually here's the truth. The truth is I believe they did, but they were just released in Japan. They never released them in the United States. Okay, okay. Um, that's what I believe is the truth. So when you say it sold so many units, you're talking about the I'm game. I'm talking about the game, just to give it a number. Okay. Yeah. 
So that being said, Legend of Zelda, um, by far my favorite game series of all time. I'm sure I've mentioned that on the podcast before. When I was a, like one, Zelda was on the TV. My mom played Zelda before I did, right? It was always in my life. And it's just a very influential song. And then I remember just the minute, you know, the minute I started playing, I was about five when I really started to play video games. And it's not that the song necessarily moved me at that time, but then look, but looking back, it's, it, it's so influential. And also it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that it's like probably other than Mario, the most popular video game song of all time. I mean, everybody knows it, even if you don't play Zelda. Yeah. It's just Zelda has become such a big part of my life. And it was my introduction into the world of video games which are a big love of mine and a big part of my life. And I don't think much else needs to be said. That was my introduction to to the world of video games, and I, I associate it with the Legend of Zelda theme song. And then, of course, the Great Fairy Fountain theme song is just incredible, too. And it, I mean, it's it's overplayed now when you talk about video game music, but it, it's it's so, so good. So anyway, I think I just, because that's such an important part of my life, I can, I thank Zelda for that first and foremost and that's what i got well that's i mean honestly that's a good one because that is influential and defining to you oh my gosh yeah definitely to be honest it very well might be technically speaking the most like defining for me on the list even past my number one well your number one was it's about favorites though well no the top five that defined you oh well then why isn't it your number one I don't know. I, 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 I was bouncing it around. I'll be honest with you. I didn't want to sound like a complete nerd and I put it as my number two. We'll see. I have a really great reason, though. So is it your true number one that you just... I don't know. No, that, no. I would never compromise my numbers for the sake of not looking like a nerd, Steph. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. I think it's a solid number two. It just de- It's defining for me differently than my number one is. Okay. Okay. That makes let sense. Me say, let that, me that say makes that. Sense. Sorry. That makes sense. I spoke too soon. <laughs> that makes sense. Spoke out of line. Okay. Um, my number two is Get the Party Started by Pink. For some reason, I had a feeling this would be on here. Why? I'm dead serious, too. Why? I don't think this was even on my playlist for you. You know why I thought it? Because I know you love the song, and we were singing to it on our recent trip, and something ab- I just thought about this recently. I don't know why. We anyway. were singing about it, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, it Great was song. on her album, Miss... Undesrud, which is misunderstood, but it's spelled kind of funny. Misunderstood. It's got like a Z in it or something. Yeah. That's why uh. I just said Zrud. All right. November 20th mm. of. See, I, I'm, I'm not going to get this one right. I know it's early 2000s. Um, you know what? I'm going to go on. A, I'm going to go out here and say 2001. Oh, my gosh. That's right. Am I right? Yeah. Yes! I'm the year guy, Steph. <laughs> oh, that just made my other <laughs> that made my other uh, headphones start working. Oh, great. So now everything's super loud. I gave you an idea. Oh, She's I... having headphone issues. Sorry, that's my fault. Yeah, well, only, only one side of these headphones work. And so when he just clapped and got super excited, I don't know what it did. I don't know if it jiggled the cord just right or what It's happened. the cord, yeah, because the headphones are fine. But yeah, it's that stupid chord. But I'm anyway, I'm glad it's working. <laughs> okay. Um, so that album 
sold 15 million copies worldwide. Wow. Okay. Yeah. She was very... This was her second album. Oh, what's her second? I thought it was her first. Uh, it was her second. The first one, I don't remember what it was called, but it had a picture of her and she's in sunglasses, but it almost, every time I look at it, I think it looks like like swimming goggles. <laughs> I know that album. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking okay. about. Okay. That was her first one. Great song. So I listened to this song, I would say probably, I was probably eight, starting at about eight years old. Um, into honestly into our like early teens, so like maybe eight to twelve time frame. Yep. Uh, elementary school to middle school. Um, and it says it says some cuss words in it, but that was no problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was no problem. That was hilarious. That's no problem for all Steph. I could take it. <laughs> that was no problem for me. But it was like my like little kid party song. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, it was, it was that was an edgy song. Yeah, it for was. The time. It was. And I loved it. I loved singing to it. And I loved one of my favorite parts of the song was when she said, I don't remember word for word now, but um, like the party doesn't start till like she gets there. And she phrased it in a better way than that. Did and she then, say that in that song? Yeah. And, um, or like, it's a, not a party until I'm there, whatever, right. however she said Yeah, yeah she does say something like that. And, right. and I was like, how cool would it be to be that person? She really played that vibe off really well. She, her whole thing was, I'm the anti-pop star. That was yeah. Pink's whole thing. Yeah. I I'm loved not... that whole album. Yeah. Well, I love Pink in general. I always have. She's one of my favorite pop stars. Is she? I don't like, I, I don't like some of her newer things. I think past that album that was kind of circusy. I'm that not, was a good album, though. I like that one. That's where I fell off the bandwagon. Oh, when she got creative is when you when you when you fell off. Yeah, I'm kidding. That was a joke. I moved. I moved on. I was really into that. Was I? I think I kind of traded her out for Taylor Swift. Okay, I mean, when it comes to songwriting, I definitely think Taylor Swift has Pink beat. Because I liked Pink, but then I kind of like I think my interest and at that time I liked country music too. Mm-hmm. Now I absolutely 100% do not, but yep. at the time I did. So I, there were some country artists that I liked at the time. Like I was into Kelly Pickler and I liked Carrie Underwood. Oh, yeah, um, uh, and who's that one who sings Hazel Eyes? You're really asking me? You think I know who's singing yeah. Hazel Eyes? Rascal Flats? No, it was the first winner of American Idol. The first winner? Yeah, not Carrie Under Kelly, Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson. Yes. She doesn't do country. Well, I liked her though. I'm just saying. I liked her. I thought she did, but I guess she doesn't. Well, I guess maybe the Pink's kind of whole persona didn't change for a long time, like the whole edginess. So maybe that you just kinda got bored of it too. And I think so. It was defining for you at that time. It's like, all right. Yeah, that's exactly right. At that time it was defining for me, but then it then Taylor Swift became more defining. But you're right though, time. because guess what? Just a few weeks ago, as of the recording of this, we were jamming out to get this party started. I know. So it's still, it still is there for you now, it, which it is, is really cool. It is. Well, because I listened to it uh, when I was writing this list, too. And I listened to, like, the whole song. I loved it. I, I just, anyway. But it was defining. I don't know if it was a little bit of, I've talked about this before. I mean, gosh, Paramore's by no means, like, hardcore music. But it's kind of rock. Like, I got into yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's rock. What are you talking about? I got a little bit into that kind of stuff. And I think Pink was a little bit more hardcore than I had ever been interested in as, like, a young girl before. Yeah. 
Um, and and I I really I really liked it. Um, so anyway, I thought it would. She be, swore that wasn't a problem. It wasn't a problem for me. But anyway, I think she just says like ass. I think that's all she yeah, says. In yeah, yeah, she does. She does. But anyway, because because I was writing my list and I, when I listened to it today, she said she said that, and I thought, oh, I was listening to this when I was like eight. Well, yeah, but you got to realize too. Guess what else you were listening to at that same time? That was just as bad. Maroon Five. <laughs> that whole album is riddled with stuff, innuendo and all that. Well, I didn't get it. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, a problem. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's it's in, it's in not a problem, right? Inescapable. Um. Unless you're talking about this next group who came out at the same time. My number one is, let me tell the story first, honestly, because I think the story will be the best way to describe it before I even say it. So this song, first of all, is my number one because you're going to think it's crazy, but this is exclusively because of the music, but it's because of how much it moved me. I've told you the story before, at least parts of it. I remember hearing a song one time, but I start giving dropping hints here. The first time I heard the song, I was watching a trailer to a movie. Okay. And I remember, I remember just thinking, what is this song? And let me give you the, I will give you the year right now. So the song came out in 2003. I think it was actually in 2003 when, when I heard this song. Okay. Okay. So I would have been 10, just almost 10. I watched the trailer to this movie that I also wanted to see, and I thought, what is this song? Didn't hear it again, but it was in my head. It wouldn't go away. And every once in a while, I'd watch the trailer. The trailer was to the Peter Pan movie that came out that year. Okay, there's another hint. I still wasn't sure what the song was, but like, but then the next thing that happened was really interesting. This involves my dad. So my dad had this keyboard. I, I own it now. That's it's a sentimental <laughs> keyboard. Just um, to clarify, I own it now. It is mine now, yeah. He, he he gave it to me as a gift, and I'm very thankful for it. It means a lot to me as a keyboard. You could, it, it was an old sequencer keyboard, very old. It was even old then. It was already 10 years old at that point. But you could record, in layman's terms, you could record on it, right? You could record loops and play them and stuff. Well, apparently, my dad also knew this song because he tried to hear it in his head after he heard it and try and replay it on the keyboard and just make a song out of it, out, out of this particular song. The song has a riff in it that kind of repeats throughout the song. And I thought, this is that song again. <laughs> and I ended up, at least I, as I recall, discovering that song through my dad. Like he actually showed me what the song was called and everything, and then I got into it. And that song is Clocks by Coldplay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not my favorite Coldplay song. This is not my favorite Coldplay song, but this one by far is the most defining for me because it introduced me. So before Coldplay, I listened to one band. And that band was the Beatles. That's all I listened to. Literally, I would would say 95%, maybe 97%. That's all I would listen to. Yeah. And then I hear the song, and I hear the, the da 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 which that song was huge when it came out. I'm sure you recall that. It was everywhere when that first came out, because it was different. It sounded different, right? Piano wasn't a popular instrument at the time. No one was doing piano music, at least on ra- on the radio. Yeah, it, right? yeah. I mean, think about it. This was like a year after Pink. Yeah. Totally different than her, but still contemporary. 
and I heard it, and it just it moved me so much. And when I finally discovered the full song, and I like sat down and I listened to it, I remember getting literally emotional for how much that song moved me. Just the music. The music made me emotional. Aww. And I don't even know why. It's just something about those chords together, that that major chord, then it goes to the minor after that, the E flat to the B flat minor, just something about that just moved me so much. Anyway, and it it made me realize there's so much good music out there. Why? What am I doing stuck listening to one group? There's so much oh, great wow. stuff out there. They were my breakthrough band for everything. All these other groups, nothing until Coldplay. They broke me out into all kinds of different music. Out of the Beatles. Mm-hmm. They at least, if nothing else, broke me out into what contemporary contemporary music has to offer. I used to listen to Beatles, and I'd listen to like a little bit of classic rock here and there, but it was really just the Beatles. So, thank you, Coldplay, for that because I, <laughs> I, they, for a long time, they were my other favorite group, and they're they're still up there for me. But they've just made so much stuff that I'm not really interested in anymore. But for those of you who are curious. Um, well, let me go over this first. So this, so Clocks is from the, I don't even have to look at it. Clocks is from the album, A Rush of Blood to the Head, which is my favorite Coldplay album. Um, I don't know how many units were sold. So almost 16 million albums sold for A Rush of Blood to the Head. That was worldwide, I'm assuming. That was, uh, yes, that was worldwide. They usually sell like 15 to 20 for each album there just because they're so big. Yeah. But this is right when they were like renew. This is their second album. If, but anyway, for anyone who's curious, I like Parachutes, their first album, all the way up until Viva La Vida. That's that's the best era. And they're, they're just all, all good stuff. This competed with Fix You, which also was a very defining song for See, me. See, I remember Fix You more than Clocks. Fix You almost made it because Fix You, and Fix You the words get to you too. Like everything about that song is really emotional. Um, just the very ending, the tears stream down your face when you lose something you can't replace. Like yeah. it, it gets so emotional, but this one really just, the music touched me in such a way that music. Oh, that's the next thing I'll say. You know, how I said these other songs, like the music has moved me. This was the first song to ever do that. So remember the Beatles, my favorite group. I never had a song that they made that made me go, oh my God. And you just stop in your tracks yeah. for some reason. I don't know why clocks did it. That's okay. This it, but it did it for me, and like, and still to this day, like I listen to it, and now it's just okay. It's their hit. It's one of their biggest hits, whatever. But it still moves me, and there's something about the the ethereal, the the anthemic sound that it had, very big, moved me a lot, and it brought me into a whole new world of music. Aw, that's a really good number one. So that's it. That's a really good number one. Thank you. I picked it myself. Okay. I have honorable mentions. Do we bring those up after? Like you're done? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do honorable mentions okay. after. Okay. Um, okay, my number one is, man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know what? I'm not going to shame you. Why would you shame me for that? Why is that one your number one? I've never heard you talk about this song before. Man, I feel like a woman. There it is. Sing it, girl. Don't shame me. I'm not shaming you at all. Listen. All right. Uh, so Shania Twain, obviously. It I was on her I... album, Come On Over. It was released November 4th. 
I know nothing about country music, so I'm just this is going to be wrong. Well, no, if you're a year guy, you're supposed to know the year. So what year did it come Thank out? Thank you, Steph. Um, I'm going to say 2004. 1997. Yeah, see, I had no idea. Year guy. I Steph. You got th- three out of five. That's really good for not even knowing it, just trying to do context clues and guess. Okay, I guess. All right. She hates when I'm good at something. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, she does. Go All on. All right. All right. As of 2020, there were 40 million copies sold worldwide. Wow. Go Shania. Yeah. So I listened to this. Cause I, so I remember a specific time hearing the song. So I know it was before I was in the first grade. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I remember the song too. I don't remember when I started listening to it, but I remember that we would be in the car and my mom would put it really loud on like on the radio or mm-hmm. she had the CV, you know, on the car radio, she'd turn it like really high up and we'd roll down the windows and it would be just blasting and we'd sing to it. And it was so fun. It was such a, it's such a good memory. Um, but I still love that song. If it was to come on, I'd sing to it. I love it. It's just so exclamatory. I don't know. Well, and her are voice you saying that because she her... makes an exclamation in the chorus? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a woman. Well, you know, no, I'm just saying that nobody. That was just funny wording. I'm sorry. Even the way she sings it, right? It's like she's just like declaring, I don't know, just like declaring this. And she's, and I like how she was, and there's like one part where her man sounds different than the rest, maybe a little more country or something. But I really like, I don't know. Yeah, kind of like that. It's a little (laughs) different, (laughs) but it's a little different. Anyway, I, I, I love it. I love the song and like, the lyrics and everything but it was really defining for me i guess i would say up until like maybe the first or second grade um because like i listened to it all the time and it was with my mom and it was one of the first songs that i really remember that i remember yeah like one not not i mean not like little kid songs right but like one of the first like adult songs Mm -hmm. that i remember liking yeah and and getting into kind of music and stuff yeah, that makes sense. So, so yeah. Why would have you ashamed me about that? What do you not no, like about I was, man, I, was I feel like a woman? The only, well, I think you misunderstood. I only said that because I went, really? And it sounded like I was being shaming and I wasn't trying to be. Oh, why are you, why are you, why are you so shocked? I just didn't know what to expect. I didn't think it'd be that. Well, it is. Well, man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> So let's go over. I don't, well, really quick. I, was, I don't really have any Shania Twain memories. I know some of her songs because she was huge at that time. But that's yeah. It. I remember that song. Yeah, it's a good song. I have a memory. Mom, I know mom's probably listening to this. I have a memory of you in that song because you were you sang it once. I remember that. Oh, your mom did. She'll probably she's probably mortified, but yeah, she did. She sang that song. That's fun. She also loved the one that's. Uh, this came out later, but the. He thinks I'm pretty. Uh-huh. He thinks I'm smart. I don't think that's Shania Twain. No, it's not. I don't think that's thinks Shania Twain. Thinks I'm smart. She loved that song. Yeah, that's a cute song, too. Um, okay, so a couple honorable mentions in no particular order. I'll go first. Um, we usually don't do... We haven't done this lately, but I had so many I wanted to get off, get off my chest here. In no particular order. All Things All at Once by Tired Pony. Uh, the Fear by Lily Allen. Wake Me Up by Avicii. Remember that song? Yeah. That has a very close, that has a very close memory and emotion attached to it, but it's not defining. It's different. 
Um, Highway Star by Deep Purple. Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. A Thousand Years by Sting. In the Blood by John Mayer. And Dangerous by Big Data. Featuring Joy Wave, which was the... Oh, yeah. I love that song. Yeah. But once again, those almost made the cut, but not quite. What about you? What What are your uh, honorable mentions? Well, I didn't have any. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought of one that I wanted to add to okay. my list What's while, we were, while we've been talking. Um, well, I guess two, two, but they're both by the fray. And they were at the same time. Oh, so I'm assuming it's probably How to Save a Life. Yeah. And then Cable Car. No. Over my head. No. Then they weren't at the same time. They were. I. They were influential, defining to me at, at the, the same, same time. But they didn't come out at the same no. time. No. So which means probably is you found me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they because they had like just like six or seven hits and you just you know them all. Yeah. You found me. You found me. Yeah. Remember that song? I think the, the if I had to pick one, it would be How to Save a Life. That's was my, more defining. How to Save a Life is the phrase, like, that's that's their song. There's yeah. nothing. But I remember being in, it was one of the first dates I ever went on. And I, I was in the eighth, eighth, gra- eighth grade. Mm-hmm. We went to the skating rink. And I just, I mean, I just remember skating to it and listening to the song. Okay. And I was like, I, but, That's sweet. The, but I loved the song before then, but I just thought it was cool that it, that it came on. Yeah, that is cool. It was like a little, like it wasn't a real date, you know what I mean? But it was I like, there were a, a group of friends and there was a guy who kind of like there. So it wasn't actually a date, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a different story. For a different that time. wasn't a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new thing now. That's eh, not a problem. Steph, this has been really fun. I always love doing these with you. It um, has been really fun. I think you've learned some stuff about yourself too, because you even said uh, you didn't you like while we've been talking. Yeah. You were like, "Wow, most of these are not even about lyrics, yeah. or most of these are even like the first, the right. first introduction." So you learned some stuff. I think I learned for the most part that yeah, like for me, I my my uh, things that define me are just musical for the most part. Yeah. Because my favorite songs, at least these days, are lyrical. So it's interesting. Eventually, we'll do a favorite songs podcast, and we can go over those too. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't have any songs from musicals on here at all. Because I feel like at least one of those would have been defining for you, maybe. I mean, in a lot of ways, any of the musicals that I were in, or that I was in. That I were in. Sorry, that wasn't. Any of those musicals that I were in. That were in. Um, were very <laughs> defining, but like, it was more of just like a, a moment in time for me, I guess. I don't listen to those now. The musicals, I, mus- the musical music I listen to now is not musicals I was in for the most part. I know, but like some of these songs that I, like we have on our list, like I don't listen to now, but they were defining yeah. in the moment. I don't know. I'm, I'm no, not. No, you're right. You no got me. judgment. I was just, I was just curious. You got me thinking now. We have to do a part two to this. Uh-oh. But, I was just curious. Um, but either way, thank you so much for listening, everybody, um, to the Two Piece Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Two Piece Pod, and let us know your top five. top five for this. Your your, your top five uh, most defining songs. most defining songs, the songs that define you. Please let us know. 
Um, leave a review if you listen on Spotify. That goes a long way. Yes, Spread please. the word. Share share this podcast with a friend or a loved one. Truly, it, it goes a long way, and who knows? They might just love it, too. You learn a little bit along the way. You get to know us a little bit. It's, it's a lot of fun. So now we pull from the hat. Yes. Who will it be? Who will it be? What will the topic be? I'm going to go ahead and do it. We're going to get this going here. Okay. Sorry, I'm getting prepared. Okay. Steph, go ahead and roll the... Roll it out. <laughs> Our top five favorite fast food burgers. Oh. So we can't do local, got to do chains, right? Like fast food burgers. That'll be fun. You can't do local? No. Why? Cut. Because who's going to know the place that I know you're going to say? Only people that are from here. We're doing chains. This was the suggestion from our... Well, we'll, we'll say well, it next time. Well, that'll be a problem. That's That will be a problem. No, it won't. It'll be fun. It, yeah, no, it'll be, it'll, it'll be good. Stick around, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Two Piece Pod. I guess we're going to go now. See you next time. Bye. Bye.